0: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to all our campuses for joining us today. Well, I'm sure you have some similar stuff in your campuses up in uh, wherever you are, but I want to tell you at West Campus this morning, we just celebrated a couple in our church that have been married for 60 years. And we reckon that is. Hey, if anyone in the campuses, if you can beat that, let us know, all right? Man, Major and I are just getting close to 20 years now, so, uh... <coughs> uh, so we're gonna get some advice on how to get to 60 years, all right? Fantastic. Hey, it's great to have all our campuses, the whole family joining together. We're looking forward to seeing you all. At New Zealand and beyond in just a few weeks time. It's going to be so good to celebrate and rejoice and fellowship together, get to know a few other members of the family, our distant cousins and nephews and relatives in Sydney or Kaita or Whangarei, wherever you might be. So it's going to be a great, great family celebration very shortly. Can we just pray as we come to God's Word today? Father, we thank you for your presence with us this morning, and Holy Spirit, the message that you've put on my heart, Lord, only you can impart that to those who are gathered across all our campuses today. And so, Father, I pray more than anything else for a revelation of truth and an impartation of your Holy Spirit. Father, I ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said... I wonder how many of you would say that, uh, well, when I look over my life, I'd have to say it's pretty much delivered everything I expected. I've, I've got no complaints. Or are you in the category where you'd say, I really expected a bit better. I really thought my life would be a lot better than it's turned out to be. And I think that's the testimony of many of us even including myself. John 10.10 says uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I think a lot of us would probably say, I think this thief has stolen more than I've experienced the abundant life that Jesus has promised. What I want to share with you today is what I'm pretty much convinced is one of the single greatest keys to experience more of the abundant life that Jesus has planned and purposed for you. I'm speaking on your favorite topic of prayer and fasting. I'm sure I heard the the campuses all clapping right now. I'm sure there's something coming through on my phone here, but uh, it is a a great topic, and um, please don't tune out wherever you are, all right? Stop turning to your phone or your screen and checking something out, and please don't start to say to yourself, I just knew I wasn't meant to be in church this morning, (laughs) but a call to prayer and fasting, listen carefully, is not bad news. It's not bad news. I'm telling you, it is exceptionally good news that you're here today to hear this message and a call to prayer and fasting. Do you know why? To have that call means God is wanting to do some incredible things in your life. He really is, and He wants you to position yourself for that, to be ready for that, and to give God almost... Heaven, permission to release that abundant life that God has planned and purposed for you from the very beginning of time. See, God's planted seeds of greatness in all of us, fruitfulness, dreams, huge blessings, destiny. It's all in us. And when you begin to fast and pray, what God's put in you starts to come out. It begins to be released in your life, and we'll share about that today. Fasting releases some blessings of God and breakthroughs that nothing else can. Zero. There's nothing else you do. Now, fasting is not something that's just done by fanatics, monks, and ministers. Which you might think it is, but it's not. It's actually for everyone. I really want you to listen carefully today. Some of you may have already tuned out, but can you just tune back in? (laughs) Because there's something so powerful that I want you to understand today. See, fasting has always been a normal part of Christian life. If you go back in history to the early church, they fasted and prayed. And I think for hundreds of years, they continued to do that. It was an established part. Of the Christian faith, and many people would fast two days a week, not just one, they'd actually do two. And so Matthew 6 provided the pattern or provides us the pattern of normal Christian living. Everyone say normal Christian living, all right? This is what we're talking about normal, not the exceptional. So it says in uh, Matthew 6, verse 5, it says, at first two, when you give. And then it goes on in verse 5, when you pray. And verse 16, when you fast. These are the three standard duties of the Christian walk. And uh, Jesus is saying, fasting, like giving and praying, is a part of normal Christianity. This is not for monks, fanatics, and ministers. (laughs) This is actually for everyone. And it needs to be restored in our lives if we want to experience the abundance that God has got for us. You know, the tragedy of the church is this, listen carefully, that slowly but surely we have removed sacrifice from the gospel. we removed anything that's just a little bit too hard. It's been sidelined, and then we wonder, where's the power, where's the breakthroughs, where's the miracles, where's the blessing, where's the abundant life? I'm telling you, it's been put outside the door because we've removed the hardships out of the gospel, and we need to restore it, friends. Otherwise, we're going to get so many people saying, well, I've been a Christian. I've tried it. It just hasn't delivered. But the reason it hasn't delivered is we've removed some things that are the cause or the reason that these things can be delivered into our lives. Matthew 17, 20 to 21, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are some things in your life that will never be resolved without prayer and fasting. That's the teaching of, of scripture. So we're calling Church Unlimited across campuses to 21 days prayer and fasting for your breakthrough, (laughs) for our nation, for New Zealand and beyond. So please do take that form on your seat and begin to fill it in, tear off that portion at the side. We'll collect it at the end of the service across all our campuses. I wonder which campus is going to have the biggest percentage buy-in. All right, it's a bit of a challenge. We'll find out and maybe try and work it out and let you know what the result is. But let's uh, do the best we can. So Joel 2, verse 15 to 16 says this, Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, and sanctify the congregation. This is a trumpet call, according to Scripture, calling a sacred assembly and a fast of God's people. Having said that, the only way that you're going to be motivated to fast and to pray is if you are convinced of the extraordinary benefits that come from it. If you're not convinced about that, it's going to be very hard to fast and pray. And fasting must be a free will offering of the heart. If it is imposed by guilt and fear and pressure, it is pointless and it is damaging to the soul. It's legalism. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6 the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So I want you to know across all our campus, I will preach with passion about this message because I'm absolutely convinced of the incredible benefits and breakthroughs waiting for you. But I'm not preaching with passion to pressure you to filling in this form and to fast and pray. All right, so understand my motivation and why I am preaching this message today and why I'm so keen on it and so passionate about it. I'm so convinced of what God can do in your life through prayer and fasting, it's going to save you years and years of heartache and struggle. It's also the key to raising up a powerful church that can bring transformation to our nation, which God has called us to do as Church Unlimited. I want to acknowledge Lou Engel and Jensen Franklin for some of the material that I share today. But if fasting is clearly a part of normal Christian living, normal, then why is it so often overlooked? Well, fasting is actually crucifying the stomach. No doubt, you regularly check the size and shape of your stomach most days. I'm sure you do. Some of you are delighted. Some of you look the other way. It's a prominent feature of the human body. (laughs) Sometimes more prominent than we want it to be. <laughs> but isn't it amazing? Let's think about this. If you look at all the advertising, it's basically two things. Eat, 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 eat. Right? Alongside photos of those who have the perfect body. Okay, isn't it? You know, so there's one burgers and chips and food and pizza and all the rest. And then they show you these models afterwards. I mean, it's just insane. They're two completely opposite things. And it's a really challenging thing uh, for us to crucify the stomach. And probably some of you are already feeling really hungry and can't wait to get out of here and get some food. Simply because I mentioned the word fasting, some of you are starting to manifest. (laughs) you sound starting to scream from within and say, something's not right here. And you probably think it's a demonic attack or something that's taking place. But our stomach troubles began in the Garden of Eden, did they not? What caused the fall of man? Food. Food. Yep, yeah, the good old apple or whatever it was. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. The devil understands this probably a woman's heart too. So Adam and Eve literally ate themselves out of the will of God, out of the provision of God, out of the presence of God, and out of the blessing of God. They ate their way out. Don't follow in their footsteps, folks. Crucify the stomach. And there is never a convenient time to fast. It's always a challenging time. So there are three types of fast. Are you still with me, campuses? You're still okay? All right. Let's keep going. Three types of fast: The absolute fast, which is extreme, I don't advise you to try it. There's no food, no water. And you usually do it for a very short period of time, though Moses did it for a long time. The normal fast is when you go without food, but you drink plenty of fluid. Strictly water only, but plenty of fluid. The partial fast, which all of you do, and that's eating what you're partial to. No, no. The partial fast is what a Daniel fast, he did 21 days, he ate no pleasant food, <laughs> no curry, it's gone, <laughs> could eat everything else, but no curry, uh, it's no pleasant food, no meat, you eat fruit and vegetables. The key point is this, the deeper you go, the greater the results. The more it costs you, the greater the result. So if it means nothing to you, it's probably going to mean nothing to God. You know, I fasted uh, soft drink for 21 days. Well, probably not going to get a big result. But for some of you, it might be a massive result, actually. So fasting without prayer is little more than dieting. You don't fast to lose weight, though it is a side benefit. A good one, but it's not the reason you do it. And, uh, but I read this, and I like this thought. That, you know, sometimes when you're fasting, you may not pray that much. But one writer said that the whole time we're fasting is actually a continual prayer to God. Isn't that a good thought? It's a Because sometimes you feel so bad, you know, you're fasting away, but you're not praying much. It's a continual prayer that's offered up to God. And so it does have impact and it does have results. But while you're doing it, don't watch TV and torture yourself with all that beautiful food <laughs> that's going to come across that screen. And as soon as you see it, you're going to run to the fridge and grab something to eat. So I just, campuses, turn off the TV during your fast, all right? Okay. As I've read about this topic, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating topic. I encourage you to read about it. It really is some good material. I reckon fasting has massive health benefits. In fact, my doctor, non-believer, he actually told me that. He said, oh, fasting's great for your health. And uh, they say that water helps flush toxins and poison out of your system. So when you're fasting, you get a headache for the first day or two. Do you know the reason you get it? Is your body is getting rid of toxins that have built up. It's a great thing. And so fasting gives a whole digestive system a break. And some of our digestive systems need a break. (laughs) But listen to this. This is medically researched, not by me, by others. It can help lower blood pressure, cholesterol. Dr. Don Colbert researched the body's need to rid itself of toxins that cause illness and other ailments. He said fasting, if done correctly, has amazing Healing benefits can help heal rheumatism, heart diseases, circulation, skin ailments, hot flushes, allergies like hay fever, and other eye diseases. And it goes on and on and on, the list of the incredible medical health benefits of fasting. If you think of a lot of our struggles and problems and health issues today, it's all to do with eating and the stomach. The reverse is incredibly, incredibly powerful. So fasting can break also addiction to junk food. It can break the power of uncontrollable appetite. Addiction to nicotine, alcohol, and drugs. One writer said... If in 21 days, you can be a brand new person, why not do it instead of spending the rest of your life struggling with some area that's a real battle for you? Why not take a radical step of faith? Now, once you decide to fast, I'm telling you, it will not be easy. Food will appear everywhere. Your miserable boss that's never done anything for you It's going to take everyone out for a free lunch the day you are fasting. You can be sure of it. Someone's going to come out and have a morning tea with your favorite chocolate cake or whatever else might be needed. For me, curry will appear everywhere. Everywhere I look, it'll be staring me in the face. You know, my family will invite me over or something will happen, you know, or someone's going to put your favorite chocolate bar on your desk when you get to work the day after you start to fast. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be battle royal. And uh, every meal you give up is forever a memorial before the throne of God. I'll say that again. Every meal you give up, every meal is forever a memorial before the throne of God. This message is a trumpet call to prayer and fasting. hear the sound of the trumpet, comes from Joel chapter 2, when the nation was in desperate strife. Let me share you some of the amazing testimonies that I've read about and miracles through prayer and fasting. One person said that only three days into the fast for a loved one suffering with cancer, they were completely cured. Another lady's son was dying from 177 degree fever associated with leukemia. On the first day of the fast, the fever broke and there was no trace of brain damage. Darren and Sarah had been told they could not have children. They did a 21-day fast. And later that year, they stood in front of the church testifying, holding a baby in their Hands. There is power in prayer and fasting. Joel two twenty eight 28 says, Shall come to pass afterwards, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. We all want our sons and daughters to be anointed of God and prophesy. Is that true? Serve Him? After what? It came to pass afterward. After what? After the call to prayer and fasting. If you have rebellious children, children away from God, children committing immorality and fornication, prayer and fasting can restore them to God. This 15-year-old son, a committed Christian at the time, when he was 15 years old, his father committed suicide. And so he walked away from God. For 15 years, he's away from God. His mother thought enough is enough. She went on an extended fast The son and wife ended up coming to a service and both of them gave their lives to Jesus Christ. What nothing else could break through for the kids, prayer and fasting, drove out the enemy and the kids were restored to God. That's one of the great results of extended prayer and fasting is kids coming back to Christ. Family and friends being saved. As you fast, create a hit list of the people you want to see saved. Write it down somewhere. Write the names down. Also, what is the biggest thing, breakthrough you want to see in your life? Write it down and go after it in Jesus' name and watch what God will do. Another thing that comes as a result of uh, this is financial breakthrough can happen, it can break poverty. Joel 1, chapter, in chapter 1, the people were so poor, it was like a famine. You read through the book of Joel. It's a great book to read. Joel 2.15 says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast. After the fast, Joel 2.24 says, the threshing floor was full of wheat, the oil vats were overflowing, and there was plenty to eat. When fasting is a lifestyle, it can deal with financial struggles and poverty mentality and release the favor of financial blessing upon your life. That doesn't mean if you just skip breakfast for one morning, wealth is going to fall into your hands. Now this is serious fasting, can break the power of a poverty spirit, of financial struggles and financial battles. Why continue to struggle financially the rest of your life? Why not take up the challenge and see if God won't work a mighty breakthrough in your finances in Jesus' name? Wouldn't that be a good thing? If you honor God with regular fasting, prayer and giving, you will see great blessing, including hopefully finances. Romans 12 Verse 1 probably summarizes fasting and prayer. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Present your body, <laughs> your stomach, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. Some say that Romans 12.1, basically to fulfill that, you have to give and pray and fast. And you know what goes on to say that following that verse two, you'll then know the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Some say that prayer and fasting releases God's mandate and calling and assignment for your life. You're to discover what God's plan and purpose uh, is for your life. How many of you are across our campus are getting pretty excited? We want to get into this fast real quick. Give us a wave, give us a clap, give us a shout, something. It's pretty quiet. It's pretty quiet. Not much happening, but I'm going to keep going, all right? Preach this with passion because it's going to make a big difference in your life. Now, having said all this, I want to in no way minimize the value of a one-day fast, three-day fast, seven or 10. They are fantastic, and they give you great results. But (laughs) extraordinary things happen on the 21 days or the 40 days, which I'm not about to do, by the way. May get there one day, I'm not sure. See, some say that short, fast, one day, two, three, it's like swatting flies. You sort of knock a few small demons around. But when you go to the 21, you, you begin to knock the devil out. And major forces that are against you begin to come down. And breakthrough starts to take place in your life. There's something and that's why it's in the Bible about the power of the extended fast. And the longer the fast, the more you drive the devil out of your life, your family, your circumstances, and whatever else might be troubling you. So, fasting is for every Christian, but as you know, we get overwhelmed with the weakness of the flesh. But God's ready to help us. He's ready. See, fasting is a grace from God. And if you start moving into it, you'll find the grace of God. It's, it's not easy, but with time it can come and God can really help you to do it. If you have tried and failed, try again. Yeah, right. If you start 21 days and you have a big meal on the night of the first day, <laughs> it's all right. Start again the next day. Don't give up. Keep going because God can work great breakthroughs, even through fasts which are up and down and all over the place. God sees the heart. God sees the desire. God sees the willingness to have a go at this thing. And if you fail, it does not matter. Rise up and go again. And eventually you'll see God do some amazing things and you'll develop uh, God's uh, uh, ability to fast and to pray. I remember the first time I did a three-day fast, only being a Christian a short time. I tell you, it was so hard. Honestly, I, I, you'd think you're going to die. You know, you think how, how can anyone? You're in the halfway through the first day, and you think your head's aching, your body back is, you know, sore, and you can't sleep. And you, you see someone, uh, you know, eating a burger or something, and you get so angry at them. You know, it's. Uh, I remember doing those first three days; it was like, well, it's just so hard. I can't I can't use the words that I just express how hard it was. But I I pushed my way through. I pushed my with. Tremendous resolve, <laughs> push my way through, and you know, over the years, I've learned to, you know, establish it in my, my lifestyle a lot more. But it is a battle to get there in the first place. But Joel two twenty eight, we've just read it says, "Shall come to pass afterwards, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy." See, after a fast, God pours out His spirit on the next generation. Hmm. And across the globe today, I'm reading that young people are rising up, stirred by the Spirit. They want to make a difference. They want great purpose for their lives. In Washington, D.C., a while ago, 400,000 young people gathered, praying and fasting for the nation. Wouldn't it be good to see that in our country, folks? Young or old, it wouldn't matter, just anybody coming there. You know, it's my prayer that as a result of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, an army of holy devoted young people are going to rise out of the present darkness. With the unparalleled assault on this generation, they will need a double portion breakthrough anointing. They really will. All oh, hell is arrayed against your sons and your daughters and your children. Make no mistake about that. It is a battle and the forces of evil are after your family, your kids, your children. And I believe the answer, the counter to the forces of darkness is prayer and fasting. That's why the the church across the globe is starting to rise up. Apparently there are hundreds and thousands, some say millions of of Christians now going on the 40-day fast. It's, it's a, becoming a worldwide movement that's taking place. We just don't hear about it because we're locked away here in New Zealand. So 21 days is mild <laughs> compared to what the, the call out there is, out, is taking place. But you've got to start somewhere. So with the un, this unparalleled assault, uh, we need this double portion breakthrough anointing because God is recruiting a powerful army of young people. I read this, whisper to their souls the high call of God upon their lives. If you've got young children, Or whatever age they are, whisper to their souls that God's got a special purpose for their lives. Whisper it at every opportunity. That's what we're going to do in our service when we do this thing. We're going to whisper into their souls the high call of God upon their lives. Jody was telling me yesterday with our grandson, Zach, you know, telling her that, you know, what's important in life. And. You know, that character and attitude and all that's more important than doing fantastic at school and that. And then Zach said to her, yes, but, Mum, the most important thing is that I do what God's called me to do. Something like that, right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Seven years old. He's got it. Whisper to their souls the great call of God upon their lives. That doesn't mean they're going to be some great superstar, but fulfilling God's call is greatness in itself. I read in a book on prayer and fasting, Elijah fasted 40 days and released the next double portion generation in Elijah, who did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Incredible. Moses did an extended fast. He released Joshua, who took the promised land. So extended fasting helps release the next generation of double portion breakthrough young people. And, you know, it's been called, some people call it a generational fast. You know, fathers and mothers can unleash double portion sons and daughters. And through my prayer and fasting over many years, see, I transfer anointing to, to Sam and to Jody and to my grandchildren, my spiritual sons and daughters. It's a transfer of anointing. It's a transfer of calling, but not just what I've got, but a double portion of what I carry. So my prayer and fasting is releasing a next generation of double portion, breakthrough, young men, women, children. So I have to do this, friends. I have to do this for the generational transfer. It's not an automatic thing. 1 Kings nineteen nineteen. So he departed from there and found Elisha. And Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. Elijah threw the mantle. He did the fasting and he threw the mantle on Elisha. And wow, the next generation was ready to go. We're going to fast and pray for New Zealand, and pray for fast and pray for New Zealand and beyond. Because our nation has greatly sinned before God. And we have no fear of God left in this nation. And only 2 Chronicles 7:14 is the answer. If my people call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Turn from their wicked ways, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. It's time to humble ourselves and pray. New Zealand and beyond is a trumpet call to awaken the church of New Zealand, to wake up the sleeping giant and call the church to prayer and fasting. Hear the sound of the trumpet. Across this nation, calling it to prayer and fasting, to turn our broken land back to Jesus. Fasting has always been the strategy of God. You research church history. Down through the ages when the church has fallen asleep, darkness has prevailed. When a nation has drifted far from God, the answer has always been a call to prayer and fasting. It's a mighty atomic weapon in the spirit that can break through all opposition and bring revival. We are now overdue in our nation for a great awakening. It is time to fast and pray in Jesus' name. Take out your forms, please. If you feel stirred by God to do this, there's no pressure from me. This is not for me you're doing it. This is for you. It's between you and God. If you don't want to fill one in, that's absolutely fine. Give some practical guidelines, campuses, before we turn it over to uh, collect your forms. Firstly, go without food, but drink plenty of fluids. Uh, if you fast more than a day or two and you've not done before, talk to someone experienced. Uh, please don't jump. If you've not done this before, don't jump into a, a you know, five, six, seven, ten-day fast, whatever it is. Be wise, be careful. If you have any medical conditions, talk to your doctor. I repeat, if you have any medical conditions, talk to your doctor. We don't want people doing any damage or harm to themselves. How long to fast? It's up to you. Whatever you feel before God that you should do. But I just say, try and push it a bit harder than you normally do. Break your fast gradually and expect great rewards. Expect breakthroughs, salvations, healing. New Zealand to turn to Jesus and open heaven over New Zealand and beyond. I want to hand back to our campus pastors. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Love you all. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your service and collect those prayer and fasting forms.